Hello everybody and welcome to this latest episode of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. This is the weekly show where I talk to some of the top entrepreneurs and industry professionals from around the world to inspire and empower you guys, the next generation of business leaders. The Enterprising Gen Z podcast is officially rated as the best Gen Z entrepreneurship podcast, which is pretty awesome. We've been listened to in 54 countries around the world and we are back with a brand new episode. My name is Sam Watson. I'm a 19 year old entrepreneur originally from North London, but I'm now living and studying in Paris while I finish my business degree. I'm the CEO and founder of Enterprising Gen Z Events. We bring the value of the podcast into real life through unique and unorthodox networking opportunities for Gen Z entrepreneurs. We also allow companies to market their products to that very same demographic. I've also just launched a brand new consultancy company, which is all about helping brands connect with Gen Z. On today's show, I'm talking to Ethan Golding, who's the co-founder of Team Hustle. Team Hustle is a lead generation agency for coaches, educators, and training providers. One of the things that they specialize in is using TikTok to build a steady pipeline of leads. One of the things they specialize in is using TikTok to build a steady pipeline of leads, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today's episode. We're going to be talking about should all businesses be on TikTok? We're also going to be talking about the best ways for your business to create TikTok campaigns to increase audience reach and consumer engagement. We're going to talk about organic versus paid ads and also effective hashtag usage. We're also going to address some of the rumours about TikTok. If you do enjoy this episode, please feel free to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening from, or a five-star written review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of the Enterprising Gen Z Podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, Ethan, how's it going? I'm good, Sam. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. It's been a busy day. Um, So before we start, do you want to kind of give everybody a bit of a rundown about who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, I always find that question difficult to answer, you know, like how do you summarize who a human is in like 20 seconds? But I guess I'm Ethan, um, I'm a young entrepreneur, I'm 24 years old, um, and I run a TikTok marketing agency, uh, actually with my best friend who I went to school with, so we've known each other since we were 11, um, and we help people take advantage of TikTok, basically. We uh, we get businesses um, putting content out, um, and yeah, I guess that's me. Awesome, so TikTok's been around what three four five years now like kind of mainstream um how how come you decided to start team hustle i think so originally um i was watching those gary v clips um and he kept saying you know put content out at the time he's probably more so talking about instagram than tiktok but he kept saying put content out put content out put content out um and i think we just decided that whatever we decide to do i know i want to be an entrepreneur like i've tried to sell bottles of water at 15 in summer and sell sweets in the playground at nine. And we, at the time, were selling um, secondhand clothes in an app called Depop. So I knew I wanted to do some kind of business. And I felt that whatever I go into, being able to create content and market things is going to be a useful skill. Um, so because at the time we were selling secondhand clothes, so I said like Stern Island jumpers and, and, and night hoodies and that kind of thing, um, we just started creating content about that. We started building a community on Instagram and TikTok um, about other people like us, kids in their bedrooms who were selling secondhand clothes. Um, and interestingly, I built a community on Instagram. It went pretty well. Um, we were kind of recognizing that community quite quickly, which really surprised me because I wasn't even a part of it like a few months before. Um, but then we started creating TikTok content as well. Cause again, I kept seeing the videos, everyone kept talking about TikTok. I thought I'll give it a go. And the growth we saw on there was like enormously faster on Instagram. Like I was banging out three Instagram posts a day, every single day, religiously for months. And I grew to like maybe 5k followers. And I think it's been like our 10th TikTok career on 5k followers. Like it, it blew really quickly. Um, and then a business reached out to us and said that you're creating content that we like. We'd like you to do a little bit of influence work for us. We're looking for two TikToks, how much do you want to get paid? And at the time I was used to making like 20 pound profit off a night hoodie. So I wasn't expecting much. 
And I thought, let me go high. Let me say 500 pounds. They're never going to pay that. They'll negotiate me down. And literally same day, they said, yes, send the 500 pound through. And I'm looking at this money in my account thinking, damn, like TikTok must be valuable to people for them to pay me some kid in his bedroom, 500 quid for some videos. So that was kind of the, the, I guess, the first step into me thinking, hmm, there might be something going on here. And then the second thing, the same thing happened again. Someone reached out. This time I said a thousand pounds. And again, they just paid it. And it was at that point I was like, right, I'm making 20 pounds selling night goodies, or I can make a thousand pounds for making a few TikToks for people. I feel like this is the direction we're going to go in. So it kind of happened by accident, just by doing stuff and realizing that actually TikTok's a super valuable thing for the market right now. Um, and from there, it's been a journey of how do you go from just somebody who makes a few TikToks in their bedroom to actually running an agency around this and delivering it for other people. And I've been in, I've been connected with you on LinkedIn for a while, and there's been you, you post a lot about the success of your clients. Um, and I wanted you to put that into perspective for us, like talk about, you know, how successful or how, how the impact that TikTok can have for the clients who, who kind of use you. I think one of the things I've learned over the time of doing this is so in the beginning, we did like a lot of free work. Like I at that point knew so little that I was maybe charging like 200 pounds for 20 TikToks. So just doing it for free and I thought it was a good opportunity. And we learned a lot about what businesses it works for, what businesses it doesn't, and also what we're actually good at delivering and what we're not so good at delivering. Um, and the two areas we kind of specialized in now, because it's the place we're confident in and we know kind of works. TikTok is very, very good for like top of the funnel brand awareness and maybe generating like a lead by getting someone's email or getting them to come to a website so that tracking cookie can pick up on them. So if you already have an existing marketing funnel, TikTok is really, really good for pumping people into the top of that funnel. So for example, one of our clients uses WhatsApp groups to basically generate a bunch of leads. And then in that group, he gives them free guides. He offers free workshops and slowly takes them down his funnel where he closes for a 5,000 pound sale. And what we've come in and done is basically pumped a whole bunch of people into that funnel. So up to that point, he was using LinkedIn. He was using TikTok. I'm sorry, he's using LinkedIn and Instagram. We started pumping people in through TikTok. I think that WhatsApp group's been going for about 10 or 12 days now. And so far we've got 350 people into it. So the account already had some momentum. Like it's not normal to start a TikTok account and get 350 people interested. But because we built some momentum on that account, we've seen like massive results for him in a really, really short space of time. So it's really, really good for lead gen. Um, and it's also really good for product-based businesses. I think most people know that, but uh, once you understand TikTok content um, and can produce it consistently, if you're selling like a low ticket item, something that costs 20, 30 pounds, they can buy in a Shopify store. TikTok, whether you're running ads or organically, like dominates Facebook and Instagram right now. The competition for ads is so much lower and the competition for quality content is lower as well. It means you don't have to be as good on TikTok to get a lot of views. Whereas Instagram, like that's every business's first instinct, right? So most people go to that first. It's interesting you mentioned how much you charged at the start of your journey. I was speaking a few episodes to another owner of an SMMA, but she doesn't focus on TikTok. She kind of is a bit of more of a generalist, I'd say. She was talking about when she started um, her company, she found her first clients over Facebook. I was just interested in how you found your first clients. Early days, I just did everything, man. Like I was sending out cold emails. I was messaging people on LinkedIn. I was writing LinkedIn content. I went down my high street and I just started knocking on all the shop doors and saying, look, I do TikTok. That, that might be useful for your business. Do you want to pay me to do it? Like one of our first clients was a local sweet shop. I'd never seen it before. I, I, I live in my local area, but I'd never seen this shop. Just a sweet shop, very small, walked in and I met this kid. He was like 19 years old um, or 20 years old, I think. And he'd been saving up his uni money. Um, and instead of like going out and partying and clubbing and using it, he'd dumped it all into his shop. And he just set up his own American candy store, which I thought was well cool. 
Um, and I said to him, I want to do your videos. Um, give me 200 pounds for it, which is like ridiculous. Like I can't run a business of 200 pounds. At the time I didn't know any better and I didn't know much about TikTok. So I kind of felt fair to only get paid that. Um, and I landed a client that way. So I, I did networking groups as well. Early days, I just tried anything, like anything and everything. And it's only over time that I kind of refined my marketing strategy and built a better system for bringing in clients. And I, I'm, I'm assuming that LinkedIn now is quite a big part of that because you've built quite a community around your content, quite a few thousand followers. How influential is LinkedIn? So now LinkedIn is where we get all of our business. Everything is 100% through LinkedIn. Um, and it's because I've kind of been, I guess, better educated on what marketing actually is and understanding that marketing is about building a system that you consistently put something into and consistently get something out of. And now I know that by investing my time on LinkedIn, by being active on their daily, I've recently upped my content from like once a day to three times a day. By investing all of my energy into LinkedIn, I go from like a six out of 10 to a seven out of 10 to an eight out of 10 on the platform. And the reward I'm getting for that in terms of inquiries and leads and opportunities is just like kind of exponentially stacking. So I'm all in on LinkedIn and I'm foreseeing that I'm going to stay that way for a lead gen for the agency until we hit like at least 50k a month um at that point maybe i'll start thinking about a second stream it's interesting because your business partner who you've also mentioned was your best friend he isn't as active on linkedin um do you think that that's a good thing or a bad thing to have interest well i've always run by the number that your marketing should be roughly 10 percent of your business um and i like the way we set things up like i'm lucky in that because i've got a business partner like i'm focused on the sales and marketing it's my job to be looking at the TikTok landscape as a whole, the marketing landscape as a whole, and connecting with other people in that space. That's why I'm doing a podcast with you now. I reach out to other people and I ask them questions and I use LinkedIn to find clients. Like it's my job to be looking outside of the business and seeing how we grow in, what direction are we going to be going in and driving that forwards. He handles all the client work. He's the one actually on the ground every day, shooting TikToks, learning, studying, looking at our results, working out how we can improve them, speaking to the clients day to day. And by splitting the responsibilities clearly that way, he wakes up in the morning and he thinks, how do we get better at TikTok? And I wake up in the morning and I say, how do we get more people to know who we are? And I think that partnership works really, really well. Now you actually say that, no, definitely. That's really good. And I think you're doing, a, you're both doing a good job based on the results that you've, you've discussed. And um, I know you've also, you're quite busy with clients because we, we spoke about that a while ago. Um, now I'm interested about um, why you think businesses should be on TikTok rather than other social medias um because i know linkedin as well has got kind of a similar organic reach that tiktok has um and kind of instagram and facebook don't but i'm just interested in your kind of professional opinion why tiktok is kind of the number one platform i wouldn't say tiktok is the number one platform because when you make generalizations like that in marketing like everyone's situation is so different right like some people don't even use social media i didn't understand before i got into this and kind of learned a lot more about marketing but yeah, some people don't even use the internet for their business. Like they don't need to. They get all of their leads through referrals or through offline methods. And so to say like something is the best just isn't true because there's so many different situations that people like exist in and so many different industries and so many different types of businesses. But what I will say is that if social media is right for your business, then we can basically think about social media from three different perspectives. We've got organic content, we've got paid ads, and we've got influencer marketing. On all three of those arenas, TikTok beats Instagram and Facebook, which are the go-to platforms that people usually think of when they think social media marketing. LinkedIn's a bit different because it's B2B. And so like for myself, I run a marketing agency. It's best for me to be marketing my business on LinkedIn because it's a more appropriate platform for my business. Again, we can't say TikTok's the best, 
because I run a TikTok agency and I still don't use TikTok for my own marketing because it's not right for my kind of business. TikTok's much better for B2C and some specific B2B examples. But if we look at, you know, a, a business that would be appropriate on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, on the organic side, the TikTok algorithm is designed to show people content they actually want to watch. Whereas the Facebook and Instagram algorithms are designed to show people content from popular people. And so when you reach a certain number of followers on Instagram, you'll notice that the likes on people's posts and videos are roughly all the same. Because it doesn't matter how good the video is. What matters is they have 100K followers and so they get rewarded for that and the content gets pushed out. If you look at a TikTok account, someone can have a million followers, but if their video is shit, they only get 2,000 views on it. Because the platform doesn't prioritize popular people, it prioritizes good content. And because it does it, does it it's done its algorithm that way. LinkedIn's copied the same thing. Facebook and Instagram have started to change their strategy and copy the same thing. YouTube's done something similar. There used to be a button on YouTube that said trending, so you could look at the most popular videos. Now there's a button on YouTube that says explore, because it's now recommending to you videos that you'll actually want to watch, AKA the way the TikTok algorithm works. So on the organic side, TikTok crushes Facebook and Instagram. It's much better at putting quality content in front of people. So you get much higher views and a much higher chance of variety. But on the paid ad side, that's just a case of we're all competing for the same number of eyes. Instagram has about a billion users. TikTok has about a billion users. So the audience size is the same. But businesses are afraid to market on TikTok because it's new and unfamiliar. And so if there's a million people, a billion people and 10 people speaking to them, or a billion people and 100,000 people speaking to them, the 10 people just have a bigger audience segment to speak to. And so because all business instinct is to go Facebook and Instagram when they're brave enough to do social media, TikTok is just a low competition space. The ads just cost less. Like it just doesn't cost as much money to get a piece of content in front of much, much more people than you can on Facebook and Instagram. And then finally, because of the organic reach and how strong it is, influencer marketing is also more successful. You can pay someone on Instagram 500 pound, you can pay someone on TikTok 500 pound, and the odds of that video performing really, really well and get in front of lots of people is just way higher on TikTok. So there's an argument for Pinterest, there's an argument for LinkedIn, there's specific use cases where you might use the other platforms, even Twitter. But if you're marketing your business on Facebook and Instagram, in 99% of cases, TikTok is just going to be the better bet because people are used to it. Look, there was a time in 2008 when Facebook came out and said no one's going to use that shit. It's for college students. It's a waste of time. Fast forward to 2022. If you were smart enough to get on Facebook in 2008, you had a massive first movers advantage because no other businesses were competing for that space yet. Whereas now there's so many businesses competing for the same space. If you start a business and you search your business on Instagram, there's so many other people doing the same thing. If you go on TikTok right now and search accountant, there are so few accountants delivering value. It's like a ridiculously low number. Go on Instagram, there's loads. Go on LinkedIn, there's loads. But the accountants just aren't brave enough yet to start using TikTok. The same thing is happening again. The platform has gotten to the point where it's proved it's going to be here for a long time. They're actually even getting to the point where they're starting to outrank platforms like Google and YouTube for certain features that mean that actually it might go even further than Facebook and Instagram ever did. So it's clear that TikTok is going to be here for a long time. All the other platforms are copying it for a reason. It's worked something out, all the others didn't, and now it's dominating the space. We know it's gonna be here, and the earlier you are to admit that actually the time for using Facebook and Instagram is behind us, and the future is TikTok, the better advantage you have, because there's so many other people in the exact position you're in thinking, hmm, I'm not sure, I'll leave it a little bit. Fast forward X amount of years, and you're in the same position with TikTok as you are now with Facebook and Instagram. Everyone's doing it, it's much, much more difficult, and your ad revenue and your ad spend is just not going to go as far as it would if you'd move now.
so obviously as part of um, being a client-based business, you have loads of clients coming in and out and you must see their TikTok content kind of at the start of their journey. Um, and I'm interested to know when you look at their kind of first content without you being their SMA, <clears throat> um, I was just wondering what your, like what, what, what you see as the, the, the like big don'ts of producing TikTok content. Like you look at that and you think, oh, that's not the right thing to be doing. Well, that's rubbish. Like what is the, what's the worst things you see? That's a good question. I think in the majority of cases, the thing I see people doing wrong the most is one, misunderstanding what makes it TikTok, and then two, responding to that by trying to do their own thing on the platform instead of copying what already works. So TikTok has its own nuances in the same way that if you take a TV ad and then you take the exact copy for that ad and put it on the radio, it's not going to work anymore. Because even though you might be pushing the same message and advertising the same product or service, the way you do a TV ad is different from the way you do a radio ad, which is different from the way you do a LinkedIn post, which is different from the way you do a TikTok. You have to be contextual to the platform that you're marketing on. Now, you might not understand what content context it looks like on TikTok. It might be quite confusing for you. It was confusing for me, and I was only like 22 years old when I got on the platform, because at the time, it was still definitely being orientated towards 14 and 15-year-olds. So they got it, but I didn't quite get it. It still took me a little bit of time to learn it and understand it. You do that by watching TikToks, searching for hashtags similar to the ones you're going to use and watching what other people are doing and then creating content very similar to the stuff they're making. And once you've done that and you've seen a couple of videos works and the views are starting to climb and you're building a bit of a community, at that point, maybe you have the knowledge to go, okay, I kind of understand what makes a TikTok now. Maybe I'm going to try my own thing. But early days, if you just downloaded TikTok for the first time, don't just post a video because you're not going to understand what to do spend time watching other people's content and really trying to work out what makes a TikTok a TikTok. That approach, even though you won't put videos out as quickly, I think you're going to get you closer to a place where your videos are actually working than just treating it like it's Instagram because it's not, like it's a very different platform. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Cashflow Breakfast Club. You might remember Omni Casey from a couple of episodes ago. He has very kindly decided to sponsor this episode of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. Here's a small message from Omni talking about his book. The book's called The Cashflow Breakfast Club. It is a story and a manual. It's my life story um, added to a few other, you know, uh, fictional characters to kind of teach lessons for financial freedom or what I call cashflow freedom. I had the goal to be financially free by the age of 30. And I was able to achieve that through real estate investing. And this gives a step-by-step -step guide to help anyone who is interested in learning about that or already doing it. You know, how can they do it at a higher level? Um, so it's on Amazon or OmniTheInvestorGuy.com. If you're interested in the Cashflow Breakfast Club, all the relevant links will be in the show notes. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. I look at brands on TikTok, like Ryanair, for example. Um, I'm sure you must have seen Ryanair's TikTok content. Do you think that's kind of the best content to be producing on TikTok or there's kind of like other avenues you should be going down? Yeah, Ryanair's an interesting one. Ryanair, Duolingo, they're kind of the classic examples people bring up. I think this is my opinion, regardless of whether we're talking TikTok, social media or any marketing strategy. If you look at a company like Coca-Cola, and you're a small business owner and you've got one, two, maybe three people in your team. You can't copy Coca-Cola's marketing strategy because their objectives and the way they're spending their money because of the kind of budget they have is completely different from yours. And so if you look at Coca-Cola and see them do a big ad in Times Square of just a can of red Coke that doesn't push anyone to particularly buy anything. It's just like a branding piece. Like 
yeah, we're big with Coca-Cola and our can is bright red. If you think that is going to be a good marketing strategy for your business, you're wrong because your business is in such a completely different place that their marketing strategy means nothing compared to your market strategy. They're two completely different situations. And so when you look at an account like Ryanair, when you look at an account like Duolingo, their objectives are completely different from yours. Like at that point, they might have such big marketing budgets that they're not directly measuring how many TikToks produce a certain number of tickets sales. They might just be using it for brand awareness. They might just be using it so that Ryanair is in people's minds so that in nine months' time, when they go to book a ticket, they choose Ryanair over another airliner. Like that isn't going to work for a small business. If you're doing, I'd say, I don't know, if you're doing, say, 20K a month, 30K a month, 50K a month, 100K a month, those kind of numbers, your marketing has to be much more measurable. You have to know that actually the time I'm investing in TikTok or LinkedIn or whatever platform you choose is directly producing leads generated or website traffic that's converting into an inquiry or directly sales. And so really cool what those guys are doing on TikTok, but not relevant for like 99.9% of businesses. It's interesting you mentioned like objectives and stuff like that. I want you to like think if you're a small business owner um, and you want to put out a, an effective TikTok marketing campaign, what would your top tips be? One, there's no clear answer. Like you've got to test and you've got to be in it for the long run. I think um, I always really try to set the expectation of our clients. Like it's very likely in month one, nothing is going to happen. And it's very likely in month two, things will start to happen and you'll see some momentum is being built. But it's only month three, four, seven, nine, twelve where the real value from social media starts to come because you spent enough time creating and listening to what people are saying and getting feedback and improving your content and adjusting your messaging. Like it's a long-term play. I think in the world of SEO, we understand that you're not going to rank at the top of Google in the first month. It takes time to get to that point. Three to six months if the guy's pretty good. The same is true of social media. Like some people get lucky. Some people go viral from their first video. I had one client do that, quarter of a million views in the first video. But that's just pure luck. Like it's not a reliable strategy. If you're going to be investing in a platform like TikTok or any social media, it's a long-term play. You've got to be in it for at least the next three to six months so you can fully see actually how do we perform in this platform. Depending, this, this is like a general rule to follow that I've seen. It's not an exact science, but it's something to think about. Depending on the value of the product, there kind of needs to be more steps in between someone seeing a TikTok video and you actually closing them for the sale. So if I take you through the funnel of one of my clients, the one that sells the £5,000 um, courses, um, the £5,000 training, um, because that's the highest ticket product that we sell on TikTok. It goes TikTok video, maybe they follow the page and do nothing else. Then they see a few videos and they take the next step in the funnel, which is to join the WhatsApp group. In the WhatsApp group, they're delivered loads of free resources so they get more value and maybe share their email address in doing so, so they can be retargeted through email marketing. Then through both the email marketing and the WhatsApp group, they're then sent an invitation to a workshop. It's a two-day workshop. And all the people that get to the end of that workshop are then invited to have a one-to-one -one call with a business owner where we actually talk to them about the full training and close them for the sale. There's lots of steps in between because you need to warm the person up to the idea of actually spending money with you. They need to see lots of value up front before they think, yeah, I'm ready to put my money down. On the other hand, when I was doing the American Suites, none of that was necessary. Drive traffic to the Shopify store and manage how, um, and measure how many sales you get off the back of it. So... As a general rule, the more expensive the product or the more complex the product, the more steps you need in between. It's very unlikely someone's going to see a TikTok and then buy something for £5,000. It's much more likely they can see a TikTok and they'll sign up to a WhatsApp group. They'll give you their email because you're providing a free guide. And then you can use that to retarget and deliver more value and over time convert them into a sale. I want to address a bit of a TikTok rumor. So I haven't told anybody about this. This has been my, I was my, this is my secret project over lockdown. I started, I won't give away the username or anything. 
But over lockdown, I created a TikTok page. Now, I haven't posted on it for about a year, but I'm just looking at the analytics now. So over like about the period of about six months, I got 18,000 followers, 405,000 likes. My highest viewed video is 1.1 million. Um, and my like five most recent was 690,000, 430,000, 170,000, 80,000. However, at the start, my first ever video got a quarter of a million views. And then the one after that got like 800. Is it true that TikTok really, really boosts your first video to encourage you to keep posting on the platform? Or is that just a rumor? Or is it coincidence? Because I've heard that for a lot of, from a lot of people. I don't think that's true. The first video does get slightly more views, but um, it's pretty rare for someone to go that viral. Like quarter of a million, your first video is pretty rare. What I've generally seen is that the first video will get 500 to 1,000 views. That's because it's pushing it out to multiple audiences and trying to work out what your account is. If I gave you a little breakdown of the TikTok algorithm as we started to understand it, it pushes out a video to 100 people. And from that 100 people, it'll say, right, this is the audience I've picked. This is the niche I think you're in. Say you sell um, stuff to dog owners and you've used the hashtag dog owner. So it thinks, right, I think this video is for dog owners. I'm going to show it to 100 dog owners and then I'm going to see how many of them watch the video fully, share the video, comment on the video, like on the video, and let check out the rest of the page for more videos. Based on how many people take those actions, let's say it gives it a ranking from one to 10 and your video gets a nine. And it thinks, damn, that's a pretty good video. Instead of just showing it to 100, now I'm going to show it to 1,000. And again, for those 1,000 people, it says how many people watch, how many people share, how many people comment, etc. And it will rank it again. Say you're still on a 9 out of 10. It says this is a really good video. Now I'm going to show it to 10,000 people. And as long as your video keeps ranking high in terms of the engagement the platform wants to see, watch time being the most important one, then it will keep pushing that video out again and again and again. So the first video, you will see a little bit higher number because it's trying to test multiple audiences. Maybe it thought it was for dog owners, but it's actually not for dog owners, it's for cat owners, and you use the wrong hashtags. So it's just testing different audiences. That first video tends to get higher views. Um, but I don't think it's true that the first video is higher to keep you on the platform. TikTok 100% prioritizes good content. So if you're not good at making videos, it doesn't want you on the platform. If you, you'll see some accounts, the videos get like 17 views, 20 views. There's no encouragement there to stay. It's saying you're a bad content creator and until you get better at content, we're not gonna waste anyone's time showing them your videos. So while no one really knows what they're doing over there in China, I think it's highly unlikely that they're, they they take that approach. It's really interesting. Thank you for settling that rumor because I've actually, I've had that debate with a lot of my friends. Um, so thank you for that. You, you mentioned hashtags. Um, lots of people, you know, they put in their TikToks like a hashtag for you page, da 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 da. But I think that's the wrong hashtag to use. And we were on a, a, an online course with Saffron Sumner. Um, uh, you were kind of presenting about hashtags and stuff like that. And I thought what you said was really, 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 really interesting about using the right hashtags that your audience are engaging with. Um, I was just wondering if you could kind of expand on that a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing to say is that hashtagging is not a science. Like we're, we're not at the point where we know for sure exactly how hashtags work. And when I speak to other people in the space, they're saying the same thing. The algorithm is too complex for us to really know for sure exactly how hashtags work. But after you've posted, I don't know, we must have done somewhere between 750, 1,000 TikToks now, like you start to notice certain patterns and trends. The thing we're noticing is that always use three to five. If you start to use more than five, you confuse the algorithm because really all you're trying to do with the hashtags is explain to TikTok what kind of video this is and what kind of audience to show it to. So if I use the example again of dog lovers, 
using hashtag dog lovers explains to TikTok that this video is for people that love dogs. And so it's going to push that out to people that it sees watching lots of dog videos. Um, the thing to bear in mind, I think, with the hashtags is that you're trying to teach TikTok who your audience is, not necessarily just describe your own video. So if you use the hashtag small business because you're a small business, you might think, oh, I'm describing myself. I sell these notebooks that I hand make and I'm going to call use the hashtag small business. But what you're doing is you're pushing that video out to people who have an interest in small businesses, generally other small business owners. So if you are um, creating notebooks, say for like 16 year olds, then you need to use hashtags like back to school or student because that will encourage it to put it in front of people who are interested in those topics. You're using the hashtags to describe what your audience is interested in, not describe what you are yourself. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I agree with you. And I, that's actually something, especially on Instagram as well, which is kind of the main platform I promote on. As you know, LinkedIn is, but just representing um, the podcast, I may use Instagram. I use hashtags that people who are like entrepreneurs, small business owners interact with. Um, I was also interested about asking you the type of brands which do well organically versus ads. I was wondering if you could go into a bit more detail about why brands, which why certain brands do better organically versus ads and which brands do better using, you know, either strategy. Yeah, it's a good question. So what brands are right for organic and what brands are right for ads um, and influencers? How best to answer that question? I think like one of the things that's coming to mind is generally, and this is a generalization, it's easier to for a product-based business to run ads or use influencers than it is to make organic content. There's no, like, this business is good or bad for organic. Like, if you have the creative skills to pump out one video a day, every day, for the next six months about your business, then by all means. I run a market agency. I'm an entrepreneur. If I was building a personal brand on TikTok, then it'd be relatively easy to do that organically because I've got this recording here that I could clip up. I've got things I'm learning. I've got things I can share. If I'm selling a pencil... It might be kind of hard to think of 30 videos, 60 videos, 90 videos every single month about different ways of marketing this pencil. It's not to say it's impossible. Some people do think of it and it goes really, really well. But it's definitely harder to do that than it is for, say, a service-based business where you're sharing knowledge and information. So generally, I think it's a case of if you can think of 20, 40, 60 different video ideas every month, then organic is a potential route for you. If that's going to be a lot harder because you're selling a product, for example, where there's kind of only so many ideas you can come up with, that's when you go down the paid ads route because you only need so many bits of creative. So you need 10 a month to run ads against. And you can kind of do the same thing in each bit of creative and maybe just get different creators to play around the product in a different way. So there's no clear cut science, but it's more just a case of, you know, I would struggle for a lot of e-commerce businesses, for example, to think of 40 videos to put out every single month about this head shaver, for example. Someone came to me that product the other day. There's like a limited amount of things we can think of to do around that product. It's probably easier to push that for a paid ad strategy. So for the majority of this podcast, we've discussed um, the commercial applications for TikTok. Now, I don't know if you're aware of Be Real. Do you see a commercial application to Be Real or do you only ever think it will be um, just, just people using it? I'll be honest and say that I listen since I saw people talking about TikTok and I jumped in it kind of early and... There's something that Alex Hormozzi says a lot, that like if you're a kind of crappy entrepreneur, but in a really good market, like it's much easier to grow than if you're a really great entrepreneur in a bad market. And there was definitely a point like early on, I didn't know much about business. I wasn't very good at selling. I wasn't very good at generating leads. I didn't know the things I know now, but I was still able to pick up clients because TikTok was just such a hot word. Like so many people were interested in it and want it. 
it made it really, really easy for me to kind of start a business around it. And so I'm always listening for like the next thing. I hear that YouTube Shorts are performing really, really well right now. So we're testing people's TikToks on YouTube Shorts. I hear that Facebook fan pages is doing really well too organically. So I started pushing some content out on there to see if anything sticks. I've not heard, heard much about B-Real. The things I am hearing about B-Real is that it's very likely to just become a feature on other people's platforms. And it's going to be very difficult for businesses to market their services on it because of the way it encourages you to create content. So I think it's a cool idea, but I'm not hearing enough about it that's meant that I'm starting to invest my time learning about it. There are some great opportunities in social right now. There's always a balance between the demand for content in a space and how many people are creating it. If the demand's really high and the supply is really low, it's a good way to get in. TikTok's one of them. YouTube Shorts is another. Um, Facebook fan pages is a third. Be real. I'm not hearing enough that means that it's something I'm going to be investing my time into. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned YouTube Shorts. I wanted to ask you about, do you think customer, your, like your customers, or even if you're a small business owner, um, putting out content on TikTok, do you think you should be re- reusing your content as YouTube Shorts or like Instagram Reels? Uh, 100%. I think people that are creating TikTok should also be pushing them out onto YouTube Shorts. I think the good thing about TikTok is that all the other platforms are trying to replicate this style of content. So often you'll see a trend happen on TikTok, and then two weeks later, it appears on YouTube Shorts or it appears on Instagram. So what that means is if you've got a TikTok focused strategy, if you are working out how to make good videos on this platform, they only require slight adjustments, if any, to also perform in Reels or on YouTube Shorts. We're seeing so far, I've been testing it for about three weeks. You can take a TikTok and put the exact same video on YouTube Shorts, work out how to search optimize it because the search is different on YouTube. That's what makes the platform so powerful compared to TikTok, which isn't as SEO focused. But you can take the exact same video, work out how to optimize it for search, and it also works on YouTube Shorts. Not quite the same for Instagram Reels. You've got to use slightly different fonts and edit it in a slightly different way with slightly different sounds. But by and large, if you can make good TikTok videos, they will also perform with slight adjustments on Instagram Reels. Pretty much the exact same video with SEO on YouTube um, and potentially on Facebook, sorry, on um, Twitter video as well. But I've not tested that space yet, so I can't say for sure. All right, awesome. And my final question, which I want to ask you is, if you could describe a good or successful entrepreneur in three words, what three words would they be and why? Three words to describe a successful entrepreneur. I think the first one that comes to mind is resilience. Like, I think everyone goes into this, or at least I went into this, knowing the statistic of, you know, one in five businesses fail in the first year, and then only one in five is still here after five years, and thinking, well, like, I'm the one in five, right? I'm the one that's going to survive. And then you do it, and you realize the reasons that people stop. Because one thing, kind of having a lot of enthusiasm and working really hard at something, but the, the pressure of having everything on your shoulders is just something that I could never have anticipated. Like I used to be a project manager. I've captained and coached football teams. I've been in leadership positions before, but it's very different standing in front of a football team at a cup game final and saying that we've got to go out and win a game compared to I've got six grand's worth of people's rent to pay in four days and I don't know how I'm going to get the money together yet. Like those two pressures are completely different. Um, and so resilience and the ability to just look at a difficult situation and say, look, this is the best I can do. This is the, these are the actions I can take to try and make the situation better and kind of pushing on with that. That would be the number one for me. Um, and second, second, definitely patience. I mean, LinkedIn gives this really warped perception of like how quickly some people succeed and some people do, right? They just skyrocket off so quickly. But the first thing is that one, they skyrocket off really quickly, but then when you have conversations about them, eventually they run into the same problems that all of us run into. Maybe their early success or their mid-stage success or their late-stage success looks really quick, 
but eventually they hit a wall just like all the other entrepreneurs they don't know how to navigate through and it takes a long time to work out um and so patience is patience and resilience i'd, I'd, I'd say are both up there like i am on i am of the mindset that of 24 years old I'm going to be in this game for at least another six years. If I get to 30 and I still not worked it out, then it's probably time to say, hey, maybe entrepreneurship's not for you. But I think going another year and it not working and me saying, oh, that's it, I'm done. I don't think that is enough patience for how difficult and challenging this is. Like, you know, the, the, the benefits of being an entrepreneur are incredible. Like you have fr complete freedom and control of your own time. Your ability to leverage like um, the amount of money you can make is just like infinitely more powerful than you can ever get from a job. The benefits are amazing for a reason because it's fucking hard like it's unimaginably difficult compared to what i could have imagined so being someone who just keeps turning up every day and is willing to do that for the next three five ten years those are the two qualities i, I think um i want to work on in myself because i think they make a successful entrepreneur all right amazing well that's everything for today thank you so much for coming on the show awesome thank you sam i enjoyed that yeah <laughs> i'm glad thank you so much that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please feel free to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening from or a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to find out more about Ethan's business, Team Hustle, all the relevant links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next week with another episode. Bye for now.